Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome WISN, the Retirement Clinic with Aaron Kowal on the air. Aaron Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, back in studio in the big chair. Oh, yes. Good to it's see you, Aaron. Great to see you too, Paul. Uh, so good morning to you and our guest, a return guest, Chris Barons with Horicon Bank is back. Welcome back, Chris. Morning, Paul. Uh, good morning to you and all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. 10 a.m. every Saturday morning, Aaron, in addition, Monday through Friday, you do those market reports on the Belling Show. Yeah, we've been doing those for quite a while. And so it's you know, it's nice to be to be able to to connect with everybody during the week too. There's a lot that goes on, especially it seems nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's uh, as we said during the Mark Belling show. Who happened to return for his show this last week? Nice to hear his voice on the afternoon show. And you guys do it, boy. This has been since 2001 the radio show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, coming up on 22 years. And we started the Saturday after, or Saturday before uh, 9-11. Right before 9-11. Yeah. Then we had to take a couple weeks off for coverage, and then we got to it, and we've been at it ever since. The Retirement Clinic will focus on a variety of different topics. So kind of, oh, your website. We need to give this out, oh, yeah. too. Big stuff here. The <laughs> Kowal Way. Dot com. You've added locations recently. Yeah, we're we're now in Heartland, Wisconsin. Uh, we're we're in Racine uh, on Highway 20 and 94, uh, and then Port Washington as well, downtown Port. Yeah, and of course Waukesha, yeah, the global headquarters. Yeah, I can't forget Waukesha, Pewaukee, right off the freeway. Yeah, so all of those locations are on the website. You can reach out at any time with a question, and we direct you to call. The Kowal Investment Group, 262-522-4040. Throughout the show, as Chris Behrens talks about what's going on at Horicon Bank, also several locations around town. We'll give out his contact info. Uh, but it's time to get rolling with the program. We're a busy, busy show today. Yeah, we, we've got a lot to discuss. I think you know, uh, this topic is not normally discussed, and I know it's not talked about by a lot of advisors uh, as well. So... Um, you know, it's it's really going to be, um, I think, really interesting. We're going to have some interesting, maybe tragic stories a little bit, but some you know some uh, cautionary tales. Let's put it that way on what to do, what not to do um, with with estate planning uh, and with trust administration. Um, so, Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, about what you do, how you work uh, with folks, and I guess a little bit of your background too. Thanks, Aaron. Um, my background is uh, in finance, um, a degree in finance, um, but started off at the Board of Trade in Chicago uh, years ago. And then I was looking for a calmer way to be in the financial services industry. <laughs> so I tripped into the trust business, as I say, and I've been in it ever since. So I've been in the Milwaukee area for over 25 years. Okay. So let's talk about tripping into the trust business. Let's talk about the, the trust business. I have kids. I have a wife. Let's say that, you know, God forbid, you know, my wife and I get hit by a bus, our assets are in a trust, and my oldest, well, my oldest is 12, but let's say she's 18 years old. She's the perfect person to be a trustee, right? Um, I would probably caution about doing that. <laughs> um, so that's where you come in. That's where we come in. 
So uh, we are a corporate trustee. So you actually come in a lot before because you got to be doing the planning. Yes. So so, so we are we are named in the document, or in some cases where we aren't named, um, but it's identified that a corporate trustee would probably be a good solution. We get called in oftentimes, um, and an eighteen-year-old as a trustee. Um, we would probably caution against that. Uh, we are we are a corporate trustee. Oftentimes, family members are named, and that can be a good solution. But uh, corporate trustees are um, we're kind of built for you know various family dynamics um, and just dealing with you know the case at hand. Um, so we can kind of take a lot of the emotion out of it. Not that we're not sensitive to what the family is um, going through, but you know we can kind of. If there's been some rift or some type of uh, fights in the family in the past, we can kind of work through that. So, you know, explain it to me. Like, I don't have any experience in you know, financial industry or in uh, estate planning at all. You have a, a trust, and the trust says do X, Y, Z, and you have a, a trustee that does X, Y, Z, or is supposed to do X, Y, Z. But you could have. That you know, if that could be a family member that's a trustee, and you could have a different family member that's not the trustee wanting things that are not in the trust, and that can cause family conflict. So you would come in as a uh, uninvolved, dispassionate, non-family member uh, to be the trustee to 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 do that. So tell me, walk me through that process a little bit. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, so oftentimes, what we see, um, the phone calls that I receive, it's you know, there's a family rift or a fight because, you know, they're holding grudges, um, whether it be on something that happened when they were young or whether it's something that, you know, personal property of moms and dads, you know, it just it, it just depends. But uh, there are often oftentimes that's one of the reasons why we get called in. Yeah, because it, 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 you guys can say no, <laughs> which... We're, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, our goal in all of this is just to make sure the person's last wishes are carried out. Yeah. Um, we can ignore all the noise, um, and we're looking to apply a practical approach um, to the administration of the trust. Okay, that's good. You know, there's also times that we brought you in, um, and when we we work with with Chris a lot, and um, you know, where we had clients that wanted to were concerned about long term care expenses, and so we did an irrevocable trust. And um, you know, brought you in to be the trustee on the irrevocable trust to get them because you can get the assets outside of the estate so that you can qualify for Medicaid easier when when you uh, go into a nursing home. And so we act as a trust. And you know, I guess a bit of a, a endorsement, a little bit is he holds my feet to the fire as the financial advisor, say. I need your investment policy. Why are you doing this? What's going on with this? And you know, and even though I brought the the case to him, <laughs> his fiduciary duty is to the client, not me. And right. so that's you know, I I I appreciate it. It's annoying, but I appreciate it. It's not annoying. <laughs> I, I love doing doing with it. With the family dynamic, Chris, you brought up a good point. Every family is different. Yes. And maybe it's two kids. Maybe there's a five, six, seven kids, or maybe just one. Either way, that. That third party or that outsider coming in is a good thing, right? Yes, I mean, that's, yes. that's your role essentially. Yes, I mean when you know when people tell me they have three or four children, then I say, and how many are married? Because that's a, that adds a whole another dynamic to it. Because uh, the children will have their opinion, but they could also be influenced by their spouse. 
Yeah, yeah. Spouse gets involved, and then, or, or maybe it's the opposite. What if the family's everybody's fine? Every the relationships are fine, and everybody gets along. Yeah. When, whenever money and wealth enters the equation, yes, uh, opinions can change, right, Chris? That's just a reality of our world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not always the monetary value. Sometimes it's the um, baseball you know, cards, the, tan- the tangible property. It's yeah. the one memory of dad or mom that they that one child wanted, and uh, the two, you know, we have cases where children haven't talked in years, and, yeah. and that's a shame, isn't well, it? It really is. You know, it's even in a good family like ours. You know, um, my I, you know, I'm in the financial services industry, so my parents had named me as trustee for for their trust, you know, and I eventually went and said, I don't want that. I have a good relationship with my brother. And his wife, my, are, you know, all it's all good, right? Um, and I, I told, I said, have Crispy, the trustee on this, because you know, you add money to to it, it can cause complications. I don't want to have you know, any any fights. I don't want to. I'd rather be mad at Chris than sorry, Chris, <laughs> than than at you know than at my brother. Uh, Does that, is that or, is that normal to be a trustee? What is, you have to be an adult, eighteen years or older, right? Yes. And as you mentioned before, an 18-year-old, put yourself back when you're 18. Yes. It's Uh, a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And that's probably not the, um, you know, we even say, you know, kids in their 20s, you know, that's how how much do they actually know about, you know, investing and being a trustee. And, you know, there are are, um, certain nuances and certain um, items that are identified and put in the trust agreements for their protection, but if they don't know what that those protections are or how they work, um, they can blow up mom's and dad's estate plan. Yeah. So, okay, we, we, we established what a corporate trustee, that's your vocabulary term for the day is corporate trustee. Um, we, okay, we have that, but titling is everything. If it never makes it into a trust, it, the trust is not worth the paper it's printed, and it's certainly not worth the fees that you pay the attorney to draft. So let's talk about titling, because because that really is is everything. Um, what are what are some some advice you have there? Yeah, so um, you know, joint accounts are something that we see often. Um, banks often see that where um, you know, mom and dad, you know, as husband and wife, have a joint account. That's perfectly fine. But as soon as you add a child as a joint account holder or a caregiver or someone else as a joint account holder, that can override all the good work the attorney has done on their estate plan. It's, I mean, because when you have a joint account, it's each person has 100% ownership. So I could open up a joint account with you, Paul, um, and put money in, and you could take it all, and it's, it's legal. Yeah, we share we share it, so We're, we have a close relationship here. We've been doing the radio show for right, so long, Paul. Right. You know, I'm up for that, Aaron. If you want to open an account together, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you'd, I'd, I'd get the better part of that deal, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, um, Chris, when we talk about this stuff, the family, you said you've got horror stories. Not to scare yes. people away from this, but we can learn from other people's mistakes. You've seen families, like you said, just torn apart over this stuff. Yes, yes, and in some cases, we save the family relationship. I there's a term that I use for what we do. It's called the holiday clause because we do save holidays for families. Um, there are cases where we have co-trustees um, where we're co-trustee with a family member and one of their siblings will go to them with a request for money 
And I had a, a, a few cases like this. And so they went to their family member for as a request for money, and, and that individual said, absolutely, you can have the money. And then they, as soon as that person left their house, as soon as their sibling left their house, they called me and said, Chris, we're not doing it. So now we're the deliverer of bad news, and they get to save their relationship with their family member because we deliver the bad news. And I call it the holiday clause because at Thanksgiving that year, the family member said to um, the family member that had requested the money and said, I told Chris he should have done it. So, um, and without so, lying, and, and, and well, well, directly, lying, yeah, dir- yeah. But by law, if you're the trustee, then Chris, your way, if you say no, no is no, no is no. And you know, we had the agreement of the co trustee, even though the sibling didn't know that, um, that individual was saying oh. no, also, okay, yeah. Interesting. Now we talk about general estate planning. There's there's a trust. There's a will. I, these are all different. Uh, you know, depending on your needs. Then there's a power of attorney, right? The POA. Right. Right. And that's kind of the entry level estate plan, correct? Yes. Yes. Power of attorney is while living, and the will is after you're gone. Yep. That power of attorney uh, expires. When you do, <laughs> yeah, we've good way to say it. Yeah, sorry. Got a little dark there, but yeah, we do have people that are trying to use it after death, and that's just that's that doesn't work. So no, yeah. So, um, so should you name the trust as a beneficiary? Should you name the estate, not uh, the estate, not the state? Correct. Um, but should you name the estate? What should you, what should you do? Uh, you know, if there's a trust in place, then name the. Uh, trust as the beneficiary. You can have a trust under a will. So in that case, uh, you know, if, if someone only has a will, but they have a trust for young children under the will, then it might make sense to name the estate um, as the beneficiary on an IRA. It just depends on, you know, the conversation with the attorney and how the estate plan flows, um, you know, as far as giving the right guidance. Giving, do, do you have any stories about that or where it was mistitled or mis? Uh, they, they screwed up the beneficiaries on, on accounts? Uh, yeah, several over the years, Aaron. But, um, you know, a couple that come up in particular is a mother named a daughter as a joint account holder on a, you know, account that had millions of dollars in it. Um, mother's uh, thought process was she'll do the right thing. Um, but in doing the right thing, she kept all the money. Um, and so she did not distribute it to her siblings um, was she legally right? She was, um, you know, but the, you know, people involved were a little bit morally conflicted on yeah. whether that should work or not. And then, I mean, the other thing that comes up is anything over a certain dollar amount is a gift tax. So it would have been, they would have been gifts back to the siblings. Okay. So, um, you know, really we like to see if you if there's a need to do a joint account, keep the balance in that account limited yeah. to a, a, just a small dollar amount. But uh, doing POD to the trust is probably a better way to to uh, to do the to plan. Okay. Now you said something earlier, and I'm surprised that you, Paul, didn't uh oh didn't didn't uh, pick up on that. But you mentioned titling and joint accounts. You said caretaker. Do people have their caretaker on a joint account? Well, uh, we've had cases where people are, um, you know, when they are into their fragile state or elderly state, yeah. you know, caretakers have influence. They're around the individual 24-7. 
in some cases. Yeah. And so they have influence. They take them to the grocery store, so they can also take them to the bank. And and then through, you know, they have a lot of time with them, so they can uh, there can be discussions about, boy, you should add me to your account. Or, so oh, it, just it can be, be easier. A, if it I... could be appropriate if... But it's again case by case. No, no, probably, probably never. I mean, they, they they, the caretaker should just submit an invoice for their services. Got it. So, so, so that would be a potential mistake to make. Yes, and emotions are. That's why I said it could be if they're with them all the time. It sounds like oh, they care for this person, right? Right. I mean, emotions get tied up in that decision. They do, and that's the you know when. When you're with elderly, they can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've seen many cases where people are taken advantage of. Um, in one case, it was a neighbor who, you know, all, all the good work was done on their estate plan, but the neighbor had convinced an elderly person to put them on the, their deed of their house. Oh, my goodness. Now, how can we prevent that from happening? You know, if, you're, if there's family members that, uh, you know, Stay in contact with your parents. Um, you know, in today's world, we see a lot of people on the East Coast, West Coast. But make sure your parents are surrounded with uh, good advisors. Mm. Yeah, that that is true. I mean, a lot of families have, you could be 3,000 miles away from, yeah. from your parents. Well, uh, but that doesn't mean that that neighbor supersedes you, right? No. You're still the child. No, right. And we, we do get calls from advisors, um, you know, and attorneys where they're starting to see uh, the capacity of the individual failing. And so that we may be asked to step in earlier while they're still with us, um, start doing some bill paying for them, start to oversee their assets um, just so that they don't, you know, fall into the trap of someone else having influence. Yeah, I was here. I was sound mind and body on TV shows and the movies, right? There's something to that term though. Right. Right, and oftentimes, it's, you know, to to make the decision, they're they're still of sound mind. It's still qualitative, though. Yes, yeah. yes, they, you know, but they oftentimes say, "I'm just too tired. I can't do this anymore." So, I mean, you say submit invoices, but you know, let's say you have an 84 year old woman that's a, you know, a widow, kids either are not, a, you know, they live across the country or don't don't have any. Um, and it has a caretaker there. I mean, what should she do? I mean, just based off the limited knowledge I gave you, your limited information I gave you. I mean, should she have um, a you know, put her money into a trust and have a trustee pay? Correct. Pay them? Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, you know, once we're involved, where we become familiar with the situation, we understand who the caretaker is, and then we're in contact with that business. Because okay. that person is paid by a business who's providing the caretaking services. Okay. Chris Barron's you're going to be with us the entire show. We've got a lot coming up. The boss segment, business owners, savings, and security. That's coming up right after this break. The wealth management and preservation segment coming up with both Chris and Aaron Kowal. And Aaron, if people have questions about this, you know, they're, they're hearing some things that might be concerning. Like I said, we don't. We you hear tragic or horror stories. It's more for your information. Are you up to speed with your estate plan? Yeah, you gotta you, you gotta review it. It's not it's not a Ronco rotisserie cooker. It's not set it and forget <laughs> it. You gotta review things as as mental capacity changes, as laws change. 
You got to be, and as relationships change, you got to be updating. Yeah, and what's appropriate for your family, right? It yeah. questions directed to the Cowell Investment Group. Here's their number 262 522 4040, Excellent website, gives you all the information you need to know for locations. The Kowal Way. Dot com with Aaron Kowal and with uh, Chris Barons with Horicon Bank. I should ask you this, Chris. Several locations around town? Yes. Uh, we've, we're at a location in New Berlin. Um, we have a new, we'll have a new location this year at the Mayfair Collection in Wauwatosa. And then also we're now working with Cornerstone Bank, who has uh, locations in Grafton, Menominee Falls, and Slinger. Oh, yeah. All over. What about in Horicon? Uh, in Horicon, we've got uh, several other branches throughout Dodge County, Fond du Lac, all the way north to Appleton. Aren't you glad I asked that, Aaron? Oh, yes. Not just in Horicon, then. You're all over the place. <laughs> uh, so we'll give out information how to reach out to both Aaron Kowal and Chris Behrens as we proceed. But first, a qu- quick commercial break, WISN. The Retirement Clinic is every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. We'll be right back. The Retirement Clinic continues with the Kowal Investment Group, and it's time for the boss segment. By way of background, Aaron Kowal, host of the show today, and Chris Barons with Horicon Bank in studio. Uh, we've got a great, possibly a little surprise at the end of this one, but we'll start with you, Aaron. <laughs> Business Owners Savings and Security. That's the acronym for what boss means. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so... Don't get too excited. We're, we're going to do two business uh, topics here in this in this segment. Uh, so let me. I have something that's not trust related, but I wanted to discuss it um, on here. It's the it's about the Secure 2.0 Act. Uh, so the Secure 2.0 Act included legislation that not only increased ways for Americans to save for retirement, but also extended support to small businesses that want to help employees prepare for retirement. And there are numerous changes throughout the Secure 2.0, but these five are the must-knows for small business owners. Number one, the Small Business Startup Credit. Secure, Secure 2.0 increases the startup credit to cover 100% of administrative costs up to $5,000, for the first three years of plans established by employers with up to 50 employees. Number two, expansion of automatic enrollment. Beginning in 2025, 401k and 403b plans will be required to automatically enroll eligible participants, though employees may opt out of coverage. Number three, uh, establishes starter 401k plans. Beginning in 2024, so next year, employers who do not already offer retirement plans will be permitted to offer a starter 401k plan or Safe Harbor 403b plan to employees who meet age and service requirements. Uh, Fourth, uh, changes part-time worker offerings. Starting in 2025, employers will be required to allow part-time employees to participate in their retirement plan. To qualify, the employees must work over 500 hours per year for two consecutive years. And five, uh, simple, all caps, <laughs> simple employee elective deferral and catch-up limits. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, Secure 2.0 raises the employee elective deferral limits for simple IRAs and catch-up limits by 10% for employers with no more than 25 employees. 
that only briefly highlights these must-know changes for small business owners. And to learn more about the new legislation or how it has an impact on you and your small business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Uh, now, Chris and I were talking uh, before the show, and we were, we were talking about um, a situation. I don't want to say incident. Let's say it's a situation involving – uh, involving some doctors and their and their practice, some dentists. Uh, Chris, why don't you give? I guess falls in the cautionary tales uh, part of the show here. It also falls under the umbrella of the boss acronym, business owners, right? Yep. Correct. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, just uh, I guess the um, advice for the day would be to you know dust off any buy sell agreements. Um, that uh, business owners might have, review those periodically. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult to uh, pull that out again and review it because, you know, there's a little bit of angst between um, the owner and potential buyer. Um, but in this case that we had, uh, there were, you know, several uh, dentists in a partnership and there was a buy-sell agreement. And, but in the buy-sell agreement, it had a fixed price for what someone was going to buy out the practice for uh, or buy out a partner for. Um, and at the time, there was uh, quite a bit of dynamic going on. You had one partner who was in the middle of a divorce and one partner that wanted to retire. So as you can imagine, um, there would be, um, you know, forces would not align there because, you know, one wants a low valuation and the other one wants the highest valuation he can to, <laughs> to retire. Um, and in that case, I think what uh, ended up happening is they used a low valuation till the divorce was complete, and then there was a, you know, they revisited the document and uh, kind of a, they redid it um, to have a more proper valuation of the practice. A formal third-party evalu- uh, valuation of Correct. the practice? Correct. Um, how does the ex-wife feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stay involved. <laughs> I mean, those are two powerful things, a divorce, retirement, and, and again, a lot of emotions are wrapped up in those decisions. Yes, yes. It's, it can be, you know, it can be hairy, right? With, with different business partners, with different owners of, you know, of, of companies. It can be, um, you know, with different interests, um, you know, so I can see they put the valuation in there so that um, the gentleman that was retiring would have something that would have this idea of know what it be would be worth. But then you throw in the wrench with the with the divorce and probably the valuation is probably very the actual valuation was probably very different from what the preset valuation Correct. was. Correct. Um, and it's an interesting way to do it. And the other one that we see often is the business owner with a child in the business and one or two or three that are not. Yeah, and, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And, and trying to equalize the valuation or what you know what's fair at that point. Right. Well, know? that's two things. Equal and fair are not always the same thing. They are not. And, you know, part of the part of the conversation or the, you know, discussion with the business owner is to what extent did the child who's in the business participate in the growth? And then the other side is, you know, what is it that you want to accomplish? So, again, going back to what our ultimate goal always is, is to make sure their last wishes are carried out. 
So give them advice around what their wish is. And in this case, those doctors and dentists, I, I assume you could tell stories about a lot of family businesses I'm sure you work with as well, right? The, yes. And that's got a whole of, lot of stuff at play. Yes. Uh, you know, in some cases it might be the sons are in the business, but the daughters are not. So now what's right? <laughs> So, or luck. vice versa. Good. But this is why we have these agreements. Right. Right. This right. is this is why you have a trust and estate plan. And and um, you and you want to have those conversations frequent because, you know, especially as a business is growing or if it's growing fast, um, you want to make sure at the end of the day you want to limit the amount of disappointment on, you know, from a, that anyone's going to feel. Also, changes can be made, right? Life changes, Aaron. There's you mentioned divorce. Well, the three y'all hear about the three D's: divorce, death, disability. Yeah. Life throws monkey wrenches into the, the equation. We never know what's going to happen with our own lives. So, do you want to have? You mentioned before a certain trust, and I think you mentioned irrevocable, irrevocable trust. Then there's the revocable trust. Yes. We can make a change to that yep. trust. So, how do we know what's right for us, Chris? That's where somebody like you comes into play and kind of walks us through. Right. Uh, we're we're dealing primarily, you know with people with various situations, um, and it's primarily with revocable trusts while they're living, and then they become irrevocable upon their passing. But, you know, we see the ramifications of, um, you know, estate plans that are, you know, 10, 20, sometimes they're, you know, we have documents that are 50 years old and we're still administering. Um, So it just depends. So the trust lives on. Correct. Even after death. Correct. You know, trust fund kids, it's where... Yeah, yeah he, he, again, I always refer to the movies, right? Trust fund yeah. baby, trust fund baby. Where do you yeah. get his money from? You you hear that st- stuff all the time, and it's that's why. Yeah, yeah. So the, it lives, you know, it lives on. So you, is what's the oldest trust? Do you think that you've administered or helped administer? Uh, I th- I believe going back to the seventies, right now. Okay. I I mean, there are some that uh, were drafted and signed in the, you know. 50s and 60s that I've seen, um, but um, you know they didn't become funded until many years later. Okay, so so they, they were they were funded. So someone died to yeah. f- to fund it, or didn't put any money in until much later. Mm-hmm. Um, you sell a business or or whatever. Uh, there's many reasons. I hear and- stories that were you know Mer- most Americans, Aaron, are are not you know w- with regard to an estate plan. We lack it. We're just not properly doing. Now, when I say most Americans, most means over fifty. Yeah, it's probably much higher than that. Need need estate planning. And there's, I mean, you know, we talk to clients. We ask them about a third party trustee, a corporate trustee, and you know, our, we we don't do a good job. Uh, I say our industry doesn't do a good enough job talking to clients about that because, I mean, that's an, a no brainer. For me, and it's not for everybody. Obviously, not for everybody. But you know, the blanketly can't say this the good way for everybody. But it's such a strong recommendation that it can lead to so much family harmony. And we don't have Chris is not slipping me a twenty here to say this. You know, but I just think it, I just believe in it. I think that it's it's very very important and can you know save families. I mean, not just. The holiday clause, like you, mm-hmm. we gotta call it the Santa Claus. Although, oh, you're, gonna, although you're gonna run into, uh, you know, there's the, the movie, right? The Tim yeah, Allen right, movie, right? Right. Uh, you might run into some issues with that, but um, or the Turkey clause, you know? Yeah, right. uh, um, you know, but but that's it's just you know such a big you know big thing. I mean, I remember uh, I was new in the industry and had 
uh, one of my one of my first clients I started working with. Um, I had just moved back from Arizona and had inherited money, and the sister was the the trustee and like took it all. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you know, there was ongoing loss. There was a lawsuits and. It's a total broken family oh, now. Oh, totally because, breaks up the family because the trust wasn't probably probably wasn't worded the right way. Where yeah. it was, you know, and and uh, to be used for the benefits. Say, well, I could benefit from this. I'm taking it. And I'm going. And the, the and you know who was left, uh, you know, holding the bag was the sister who had moved, lived with mom, Not took the care of mom. Who I think they were co-trustees, and the one sister. Swept in from out of state that didn't live, oh, didn't live in mm-hmm. you know there. Swept Again, in, took all the money. Before. Life's not fair, right? Yeah, and then the That's one just... sister moved and lived with mom, took care of mom, and didn't get anything out of. The oh trust. goodness! I'm See, sure you've seen. Have you seen? Do you have any stories like that? Absolutely. Um, you know, we were administering two trusts for two elderly ladies. They were like sisters, but not related. Had worked together for probably forty years, and I got a call from an attorney saying. I represent the niece of one of the ladies. We're going to revoke both trusts, and we're going to transfer all the assets to the care of the niece. Um, and I said, have you met these ladies? And he said, no. And I said, well, understand, we think one of them is incompetent, one of them, the other one is borderline. And he said, I'll take it under advisement. Um, he called me three days later, said we're revoking the trust, transfer all the assets. Um, and so this is a step that we would take as a corporate trustee. Um, we 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 got some legal counsel involved, and then we actually, um, you know, on advice of counsel, had an evaluation done on the ladies, and they said neither one of the ladies was competent. So all these new documents that now name the niece as a beneficiary, um, you know, we had to take great steps and go to great lengths to get all of that uh, thrown out. Wow. So that, again— So the niece talked to— talk- a niece from a state far away talked the lady into naming her as the trustee. Right. And and what about the, so both trusts were not only just for her not only for her family member but for her friend, wow. the family member's friend also. Oh I mean, my! And yeah. just to, again, not to scare people. But this is what can happen. And we started with the boss segment for business owners. So the family trust is something, a family estate plan. Business owners also need a plan. Correct. And make sure that the business flows with the estate plan properly according to their wishes. Chris Barons joins us on WISN, the retirement clinic, hosted by Aaron Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Any questions that you have or want to follow up, 262-522-4040, thekowalway.com, fantastic website as well. And coming up after the break, Aaron, it's the wealth management and preservation segment. Yes. Any kind of hint? You want to tease here? You want to- oh, oh, well, I, it's, it's going to be about estate planning, I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. So Chris is going to be a part of this? Chris is going to be a part of it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about powers, uh, uh, PODs and trusts and- where they should be going. That'll be coming up next. You're not leaving yet, Chris. Not yet. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> A quick break on the retirement clinic with the Cowal Investment Group. I'm Paul Cronforst on WISN.
back with the Retirement Clinic on WISN. And thank you for joining us Saturday mornings with Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Our guest with Horicon Bank is Chris Behrens. This segment is about wealth management and preservation. Yeah, the uh, the, the show is for everybody. Uh, this, one, this segment tends to be for people with a million dollars or more in uh, in assets, um, although a lot of the, a lot of the show has been as well, but um, I want to talk a bit about and one of the things you came really want to talk about today was powers of attorney, um, how to how to title, how to have have where to have it go. Why don't you take it away from here and then after that we'll do story time with with Chris Barrett's because I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of good things to learn here. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Um, yeah, so the power of attorney. I mean, that's a that's a document. Obviously, you know, uh, many individuals can operate and function under. Um, you know, we've had cases where you know titling is everything to us because you know we were uh, expected to go out and you know um, secure a home, and in trying to secure the home, um, we were ready to operate under the power of attorney document, um, but the home was titled in the name of the trust. Um, the power of attorney document said we could go out right away um, and act as the power of attorney. However, the trust document said we needed two doctors to say that the person was incompetent before we could act as trustee. And so we didn't have the power to change the locks. Okay. So we worked so which with one the attorney. Supersedes, right? Right. So we worked with the attorney to get the documentation in line and right before we went out and had the locks changed on the home. How long did that take? Uh, you know, not long. We've got some, uh, you know, good legal um, counsel and good uh, good attorneys that we work with. And so we were able to put that together in just within a couple of days. Oh, there's um, still extra steps, right? Yeah, it took longer to order the uh, locksmith than it did to get the legal <laughs> documents in place. That well, does make good sense. good protection for the client, though. Too. It's just something that you need to know and why you should work with someone that knows what they're doing, you know, because if, if you try to do it on your own. And again, we, you know, we just wanted to preserve the assets that were in the home. We didn't know what was there. And uh, before we could get out there and take an inventory of everything, we wanted to have the locks. So changed. you wanted to have the locks changed so that you could document all things of all the items of value in, in that house. Right. And then after that, then we always go in with two people, never a single person. We always yeah. go in um, and then we're documenting everything that we're finding or taking out things of value. Okay. You know, or important papers. Yeah, I mean, because there could be a um, suspicious fire and, oh, no, no, trust me, the will said, uh, you know, <laughs> this, that I get it all. No, well, no. and we received one call. Now, this wasn't uh, relative to a power of attorney or anything, but we did receive one call about someone that had millions of dollars of coins in their home mm. and what's the proper way to remove those the concern being that there were caretakers in the house 24-7. Oh, they would see them and you've got coins. I hope they have a safe. Well, uh, I mean, it was too large for a, you know. A normal home yeah, safe? Yeah, yes. It was because it was millions of dollars of coins. In coins. Yes. And you know what you said, you know, in writing? In general, we need to have all of this in writing. This is not a handshake not type of agreement. written yes. down, it didn't happen. And and coins in my uh, trunk driving out of the home is not a good option. <laughs> the back of your car is all the way down. Right. Your muffler's dragging on there. It's sparking everywhere. Oh, what's in that guy's trunk? Uh, bodies again, Chris. Yeah, right, yeah. right, and then Jeez. right, and then you're then you're you know then you're pull, you're pulling boxes of coins out of the basement. You know, one crate at a time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. These well, I, I, these stories you tell. 
are, are helpful in many ways. Earlier in the show, we, we had some that weren't friend, nice stories, tragic. We can learn from them as sure. listeners, especially if we don't have an estate plan right now. Correct. Well, Correct. Do you have any positive stories? That yeah, we can I, share? I mean, we've had some good outcomes on um, many situations. I had one where I'd be worried if you didn't have good stories. <laughs> but <laughs> I, we had uh, we had one where um, we were working with two teenagers, um, and I got a call one day from the oldest one, and he was a little belligerent. I had just taken over the administration of his trust, and he was demanding money. And uh, as I looked through the file, we had just given him money for the, what he was requesting money for. And I said, you know what? We're not going to do this. We're not going to argue like this. So When you say teen, under 18, not an adult? 19. Man? Oh, so he was an adult. This one was 19, and then he had a younger uh, brother that was a few mm. years behind him. Um, but I said, you know, there's no reason to have a relationship like this. So, you know, we went down to um, went down to Illinois, had dinner with them. And then um, in our discussion, you know, we just said, you know, I gave them, you know, we're able to authorize some money so they could get clothes, boots, you know, uh, winter jackets, all of that. Um, And, you know, the older one said, I don't know if I want to be in college. And I said, what do you want to do? He said, I think I want to be a cop. So he went on to become a police officer, married a couple of kids. And I said, just don't tell your friends or girlfriends about this money, or they'll be your new best friends. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Um, That's good advice. And then the other one was uh, the younger one. Um, a few years, you know, he got kicked out of the house by his uncle a few years, you know, just months after I met with him because the Social Security money was gone. So the parents passed. Is that the parents had here? passed okay. away, right? Yeah. And uh, so the uncle was, uh, you know, their custodian or guardian. And uh, he went on to, the younger one went on to get an accounting degree, and I got a call at home on a Saturday from the Secret Service. Um, They were looking to do a background check on the younger one because he had made an application to the CIA, and he didn't have anyone to offer up as a reference, so he offered up his lonely trustee. That's awesome. (laughs) This is a good story. Both brothers, they turned out fine. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. both are doing well as far as I know. Obviously, the younger one I can't have much contact with. Right. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's a good way to wrap up this segment on a nice, bright, and cheery note. You know, if you don't have an estate plan, uh, you're not alone. As Aaron said before, I, the number is way over 50%. Yeah. Either under, you know, plan or don't have anything at all. When we come back, I think we'll kind of wrap it all up with Chris Barron's. Chris is with Horicon Bank. Aaron Kowal with the Kowal Investment Group can be reached by going to thekowalway.com or call 262 522 4040. I'm Paul Cronforce, the Retirement Clinic on WISN. We'll be right back. The Retirement Clinic on WISN. First off, thank you for joining us and thank you to our guest. Joining Aaron Kowal, Chris Barron's with Horicon Bank. All right, I assume you're in Horicon, right? Well, uh, we learned you have many locations. We do, and uh, the trust office is currently located in the Pewaukee, Waukesha area, right off of 94. If I have questions about all of these estate planning stories, we talked about trust today, we had some good stories, some not-so-good, tragic stories, and I need a plan, how do I reach out? Uh, 262-808-2678 is the best way to reach me by phone. 
And that goes to Horicon Bank. You'll be talking to Chris Barron's 262-808-2678. And your number is easy to remember, Aaron. Absolutely. It's 262-522-4040. Find us at thekowalway.com. And uh, also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at Kowal underscore invest. LinkedIn as well. Yeah, as far as locations, you added Heartland recently, world headquartered in Waukesha, Port Washington, up in Ozaki County. Great view of the lake. Don't you like Port? Isn't it a cool yeah, community? Gorgeous. I love it. Uh, so get up there if you're in Washington or if you're in Ozaki County. You're in Racine, of course, and that Heartland location. I mentioned Phoenix, Arizona. Every now and then, your dad reminds me you're licensed in 20. 20- Seven states, something like that. I think we just added Colorado. (laughs) Something like that. We're we're all over. So clients all over the country. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, and Zoom anywhere too. So anybody's listening on the app. Yeah, you don't uh, have to come visit the office all the time. Yeah, we have a good portion of our clients that we we just meet with on Zoom now because they don't want to have anything to do with this cold weather. (laughs) I just blame them. (laughs) Uh -uh. And we're getting there. There's light at the end of the tunnel here in March. Aaron Kowal, thanks for your time. Fantastic show. Thank you. The Retirement Clinic is back next Saturday every week at 10 a.m. on WISM Milwaukee. News coming up next. Stick around.